I'm Linda Van Falkenberg. And I'm Ron Gore. And, and you're listening, listening to, to the, the Co Parent Academy, Academy Podcast. Podcast. On this episode of Co-Parent Academy Podcast, we have a bit of a visitation exchange twofer. We were recording uh, a course for the Co-Parent Academy on how to conduct visitation exchanges well, and we decided to do a podcast coming off of it. And in looking, we found like a couple of Reddit posts that we thought were interesting. We couldn't decide. So we're doing both of them. The first one is about a, a child who cries during exchanges Linda, lead us into that one. The mother says, please tell me I'm not alone. My ex and I started a somewhat 50-50 schedule during the summer. I have her one more night than him, but he watches her during the day while I'm at work. Our child is one, and she cries almost every time I pick her up from him, but she never cries when I leave her with him. She is even starting to tell me no and reach for him. We meet at a mutual location for exchanges. I'm just at a loss on how to deal with this. I've always been her primary caregiver before our court order, so this hurts. And I don't know if it's because they spend all day playing and I pick her up basically for dinner, bath, and bed. Huh. So what are your thoughts, Linda? What do you think about that? Well, the first thing that got me was typically if it's like a 50-50 schedule, then each parent would have the child for about the same amount of time, day and night. And... So, especially at this age. And so, or the child might be in, you know, the same daycare or heaven forbid, different daycares, depending on which parent has the child. Right. Um, But, and she says she has her one more night. But I think if you added up the amount of time that dad actually is with the child during waking hours versus mom, it looks like he's going to have her way more hours. At least during the summer. The mom does. Yes, during the summer. Right. And I don't know if he's got some kind of job where he is off during the summer, like being a teacher or something. And so he really can be there with her, watching her during the day or what the deal is. You know, if it's always like that and he's watching her during the day. I mean, I know parents that actually do have a a difference in, um, you know, one parent will be working night shift and one day shift so that they can be the daycare for the kids. Right. So, um I don't know. I I think the child may be, you know, forming a really good bond with dad, it sounds like. She's got a primary bond with mom from the first year of her life, it sounds like. But now she may be really enjoying having dad all to herself. And it sounds like he's doing a good job with her. But when mom comes, then that's, I don't know what dad has done to, you know, the missing piece here is what dad would say about it, of course. Right. And so I don't know what dad has done to prepare the child for the handoff. Right. Because at this point, it's kind of unfair to mom in the sense that the child is being taught that when mom picks her up, it's time to get serious. It's dinner, bath and bed. Right. And dad is fun because they're right. together all day. Right. So I can see how mom would really be taken aback right. by that sort of change. And she probably and she probably feels some guilt about working and 
having her child gone, because I know that's a, a very common thing. Plus, of course, mom's got stuff to do, too, when she gets home. Right. You know, taking care of things for herself and getting things ready for getting to work the next day and so forth. And so the child doesn't have her undivided attention, I'm sure, right then. Right. So I would encourage dad to step up a little bit. So he's got a great opportunity to be spending so much time with his daughter. And he, I think, should be using some of that time towards the end of the day to take care of as much of the stuff that he can for mom. Right. So when mom gets child, she's going home. She doesn't have to feed her or do whatever else. Right. They can have some downtime, can relax, can play, can do whatever, and then go to bed. So it's not just child thinking the fun is over. Right. And even if dad at least would, would feed the child, then you know mom could make bath time fun and uh, enjoy that with her and then put her to bed. But, right. you know, read her a book. There's a lot of interactive stuff she could do with her getting ready for bed and then do her own stuff after her child's in bed. Yeah, and you were saying a little bit earlier when we were talking about this that that's a lot of exchanges. Yes, it really is. And the talk could just be like not ready right then to transition or, you know, maybe she's kind of getting tired at that point of the day and and she just would love to stay put where she is and go to bed, you know? I mean, there's there's a lot of things that could be going on there. Right. And so definitely mom should not be perceiving from this that there's a problem with her or a problem with her bond with the child. I don't think so. But it it does seem like that there's a, at least over the summer, a, a difference in how much time the child is literally spending with each parent. Yeah. And the transitions are, you know, it's funny before I realized that, wait a minute, he's watching her during the day while mom's at work. So he's daycare. Uh, so it's, you know, I've, I've heard of, especially moms say that they were heartbroken when the child didn't want to leave the, the daycare worker sure. at that age to go home with them. Right. Same kind of thing. Right. Exactly. And so, and that, but that wasn't a parent, you know, that was a total, totally neutral person, especially if it's like an in-home daycare for, right. for little bitty kids, you know, it's, it's a. Or grand grandmother. Oh my! It's especially hard for the mothers when it's the father's mother right. that the child is with all day, and you know, oh my, she's the one who who saw the first whatever, and you know, tried the first whatever with the child, and you name it, and you know, mom missed all that. So, well, and the great news in this whole thing is that we seem to have two parents who are, are really involved and who care, and what a lucky kid to be able to be with her father more, and that's great. And then it'll cycle back and forth. Right. But sometimes it is just, you know, I've I've seen parents that their order is just, you know, year-round, that the kid is, you know, one day with one parent and, and dropped off the next morning with the other parent and then dropped off the next morning with the other parent, and it's just a cycle of, uh, I saw one little girl that, shoot, they did that until she was a preteen. <laughs> Couldn't believe it. Well, and I thought it was strange that the order, apparently in this case, has a different visitation schedule for the summer, but it must be because of dad's work. Because normally you wouldn't have a change in visitation schedule for the summer for a kid who's not in school. In school. Mm-hmm. So, there must, yeah, there must be something about dad's job that makes that possible. And if it is a week on, week off, we don't know what the schedule actually is. That's a long time. 
Oh, if, for sure. If the child have, hasn't seen mom. At that age, that would right. not be advisable right. at all, I wouldn't think. Right. I know it wouldn't be in anything I would suggest. No. Definitely but, not. Well, let's transition. Let's do a, our own little exchange to this next <laughs> post. Thank you for laughing at that. That was generous because that was not funny. <laughs> I think you're funny, Todd. I appreciate that. You're so good for my self-esteem. <laughs> so this one is talking about weird manipulative exchanges. That's the title. So it's a little bit longer, but I'm going to read it. It's not going to take too long, and I think it will give us the flavor of what oh, we're talking about. Definitely. So this poster says, I had informed my high-conflict co-parent <laughs> that he can no longer send my children home with gifts every weekend. We have no more room for all of these items, and he acknowledged and agreed he would not send any more. If he bought toys, they stay at his house. This last exchange, my son came running with an armful of stuffed animals, and I said, more stuff? And in front of my child, he says, I can take them back if you don't want him to have them. He pays no child support or child care expenses, but keeps sending these gifts. So it already feels insulting when he tells me he has no money to spend uh, to support the children. But then to say the, if I don't want the kids to have the stuff, that line feels really manipulative as he is a classic narcissist. I don't know how to communicate that this needs to stop. And then it's not my responsibility to tell my son to give his toys back as I have nothing but anger towards this man. And we have to communicate through a parenting app. I don't want to be mean, but I honestly can't think of the words. How do I deal with this guy? Question mark, exclamation point. <laughs> and I have to say, uh, this one has like 100% upvoted. This was a popular one. Mm-hmm. There were so many things. I wonder why. I know. I know. Tell me about it. <laughs> There's so much in this. I mean, just out of the gate, the I had informed my high conflict co-parent who's the narcissist who right a classic narcissist. This it had the bookends of at the beginning of the high conflict, and then he's a classic narcissist. Wow, what's uh, what's your take on this? Well, I agree with her that that's manipulative. If mm-hmm. he's if he's going to say in front of the kid, I can take it back if you don't want to have them, <laughs> right. you know. But then. When she says more stuff, that's kind of confrontive uh, in front of the kid too. So, well, that's <laughs> that's the part that I was looking at because I love the transition from I said more stuff, and in front of my child, he says as if the more stuff wasn't in front of the child already. <laughs> I mean, was there like a, a cut scene that we don't see where the children are introduced into the picture for the second statement? And yeah. We wonder how the more stuff was actually said, right? (laughs) Well, I like my interpretation. I don't think it was, oh, more stuff. I think it was more stuff. (laughs) So I'll go with that one. Right. And I don't know how old the child is, but goodness. Armful of stuffed animals. Doesn't seem like an older child. That sounds like, uh, yeah, probably in the like four to six range or so, maybe seven. Yeah. But in, in our Co-Parent Academy course on visitation exchanges, we talk about not having power plays, not trying to do right. have these power dynamics in the midst of a visitation exchange. And this is an example of that. Right. I mean, he's coming in hot with all of these toys. And it really does seem, I'm, I'm with you and I'm with her. If right. he's not paying support, but he can give all these gifts. Right. 
and he's making them come in exchanges when, according to her, he promised not to. Right. I mean, I hate to say it, but that's classic. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to say that. But that is some classic thumb in your nose at her, you know, getting one over on her. And it's not appropriate. And that's probably why it's been upvoted so much, because it is a really normal thing that a parent will try to look good to the child in terms of, look what all I'm giving you, spending on you, when they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing as far as court-ordered sure. assistance. And I, I can say with 1,000% confidence that a judge would say something like, uh, can your child eat stuffed animals? You know, do stuffed animals provide heat for your child's home with their mother? You know, can your child wear a stuffed animal to school? Right. Like child support is there for a reason and these animals aren't cutting it. No. So that is definitely no good. And it's interesting. If you're buying things for your house for the kid to play with, that doesn't, mean you don't get to pay child support. Right, exactly. Well, this is interesting, too, with gifts every weekend. Mm -hmm. So either that's catastrophic, that's, you know, um, exaggerating the frequency, or this guy has visitation every weekend, which is kind of a strange... Yeah, I thought that was weird, too. ...schedule. The, um, I don't know. So what would you, what would you tell these folks? Well, he definitely needs to quit buying. Right. Period. Unless it's a... Yeah, most kids do have way too many toys. Right. Yeah. I talked to a kid recently that just had one of those uh, cleaning spells where the parent was tired of stepping over everything and whatever, just kind of put everything in a bag. And the room was pretty sparse and not very many toys in the room. And I asked the kid how he felt about it. And he went, it feels a lot more peaceful in here. I thought that was an interesting thing for a child to say about that. Yeah. But he was kind of feeling overwhelmed by too much stuff, I think. So there you go. I feel like the end of this was kind of interesting. I don't know how to communicate that this needs to stop and that it's not my responsibility to tell my son to give his toys back as I have nothing but anger towards okay. this man. So, wow. That's a really sad statement. Well, that's that's why I was connecting how she probably said the more stuff. <laughs> probably had some underlying anger surfacing just in those two words, you know. So I'm sure the child does pick up on that. And that's probably why, uh, I mean, obviously, if dad did think the child needed all those things at his house, he would keep them there. But there's a reason why he's... Right. Giving the child those things to bring back to mom. I definitely think that's an intentional jerk move by dad. Because how often do we see parents sending a bunch of toys from their house to the other house? In fact, it's quite the opposite. It's exactly quite the opposite. (laughs) That's the thing that hit me when I first read it. Oh, that's interesting. Usually they're hanging on to everything and we have to tell them, Look, those things belong to the child. And I can understand sometimes when you, um, like when I was a stepmom, we we sometimes gave her stuff that would really apply to our house, like roller skates that she could, you know, we had a house that was hardwood floors and we had sidewalks out in front that she could roller skate on. 
<clears throat> she could roller skate inside and outside. And uh, remember one Christmas, it was a roller skating doll and roller skates, you know. And so she could skate with the doll inside the house mm-hmm. and go roller skate with the neighbor kids outside the house. At her mom's house, they lived on a gravel road. There were no sidewalks and nothing you could skate on. They had carpet inside. And so she got to have the skating experience at our house, but it would have been silly to send them home, you know. Right. And so that kind of thing, occasionally there's something that is, you know, kind of makes more sense at one house or the other. You know, yeah. she didn't bring all her horse paraphernalia to our house because there was no horse, you right. know. <laughs> so. Well, I kind of, to answer this lady more directly, um, from a litigation perspective, I would say that he's giving her gifts as well. Because every time he's sending the kids over with those toys and handling it that way at the transfer and not paying child support or out-of-pocket reimbursements that have been requested, he's, I think, setting himself up really well for a contempt in attorney's fees. So I would say send the toys right back. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't make a scene in front of the child. Right. And I would say, oh, let's make sure you have your toys Mm -hmm. to go back. I'd put them back to the visitation transfer, and then I'd be making a note. It's a nice idea. Of all of that, and I would um, I would have that as evidence of the contempt trial, probably. Take pictures of all that when the child's not around. Right. And in the meantime, I would be writing on the parenting app. Right. You know, I think it's great that our child has toys, but what our child needs is food and housing. Right. And, you know, please pay the child support that you're supposed to pay. Right. And then see what those expenses are. Or, you know, see if he responds. and But to get upset about it in front of the child and to cause that confrontation is unnecessary. And if you do think that he's doing that in order to get at you, get under your skin, you're giving him the satisfaction of seeing you get upset. I have a feeling, you know, we, we get more of what we subsidize. Mm. And by having a reaction to that in the moment, she's right. essentially subsidizing his activity. She's giving him a, a dividend on his investment. Right. And if she would stop doing that, he'd probably stop sending them over because he's not getting the reaction that he wants. And if he is indeed a classic narcissist. <laughs> right. If he is indeed a classic narcissist. Yeah. You, you got to quit. Feeding that, like you say. Right, don't feed the beast. Yeah. All right, that was our visitation exchange twofer. If you have any thoughts about these situations that you want to share with us, feel free to email us. You'll hear Rebecca giving you the address at the end. And if you are interested in learning more about how to properly do visitation transfers, visit coparentacademy.com and sign up for our visitation exchange course. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to leave questions, comments, or concerns, please email podcast at coparentacademy.com. And please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen.